0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Man, I'm excited about this weekend. We're going to be starting a brand new series uh, called What About Me? And I trust wherever you're at today, whether it be right here in a gymnasium at Desmond Middle School in the city of Madera, or whether you be in Fresno, the northwest side of town, where my dad, our lead pastor Randy Han, Uh, Started our church or here in Clovis. I believe that God has something for us, that God's going to do something really great in our lives. So, my encouragement to each and every one of us is that we would approach this conversation today with open minds and open hearts and allow God to do what only He uh, can do. I was raised in a Christian home, and uh, you probably have experienced uh, maybe not, you maybe were raised in Christianity, but you kind of know what it's like to inherit a belief system. Uh, the way that you view the world, maybe your worldview, or um, maybe maybe it is your faith. You know, the way that you, you believe in something or don't believe in something. Um, kind of when we're younger, we're kind of just taught what we're going to believe. This is our family, and this is what we believe. These are the sports teams we like, right? It's just kind of how things go. And as you kind of get older, you get to this place in life where you kind of get to make a decision to decide what you're going to believe and the way you're going to see the world. And I can remember distinctly when that point Uh, in my life kind of happened. I kind of went on this this journey, this journey to to ask myself, is what I've been taught my entire life true? Is it a belief system that I'm not just going to be raised in, but is it a belief system that I'm going to commit my life to? So I remember studying kind of different religions and the way people approach God, and at the end of all of that, at the end of that journey for me, I decided that the only thing that made a little bit of sense was to have Jesus Christ at the center of my life. And this is the reason why. Because faith in Christ, as I begin to look into all of these different uh, ways of believing and, and approaching God or not approaching God, faith in Christ was the only faith where it wasn't about what I could do for God, but it was about what God had already done for me. Amen. This ability to connect with God uh, despite my failures, despite my mistakes, despite all of the things in my life that I thought made me inadequate for a relationship with God, that I could approach God based upon the sacrifice of Christ. And it didn't just end there. It said things like, um, the Bible says things like, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord or places their faith in Jesus, has Jesus at the center of their life, they'll, they'll, they'll be saved. In other words, when we're done with our life here on earth, and we spend eternity for, forever somewhere, if we believe in Jesus and what he did, we could have eternity in heaven, And then it didn't just end there. Yeah, it's awesome, right? But it didn't just end there. It kind of created this pathway that not only was our eternal salvation secure, but that God actually desires that the space that we occupy, this life that we have here on earth, that it would get better and that it would progress. When we awaken to this understanding, I mean, isn't it incredible? You probably know what this is like if you've decided to have faith in Jesus. The fact that no matter what you've done, it doesn't matter the family that you were raised in, it doesn't matter what you did 10, 20 years ago, it doesn't matter what you did last night, that God loves you unconditionally and accepts you today in this room, in this space, just as you are. This is the message of Jesus. I think there's a chasm in our faith, though, because we come to God, and this is the message of the gospel, right? Freely we have, we've received, and so freely we are to give. And so we go from this moment of awakening, really, to the fact that God loves us, that for once in our lives, we are enough. And we begin to sell this message of hope or tell this message of hope to others that the same plan that God had for us, that he has for everybody. And and you can have hope and you can have hope and God wants a better life for you. But do you ever have these moments? Do you ever have these moments, maybe when you're by yourself late at night or when you're looking at your bank account, maybe when you're looking at your relationships, you just had an argument on the phone with somebody you really... Admire. Do you ever look at your life and ask yourself the question, what about me? When does my life get better? This hope that I promise to others, when do I start seeing it in my relationships? When do I start see it, seeing it in my finances? When do I start seeing it in my physical well-being? Maybe you're somebody who, when you entered your relationship with, with Christ, things kind of seemed to just really take off. And maybe it was a lot of miracle moments for you. I don't know if you've ever heard stories like this, or maybe you've experienced it yourself, And maybe God just started doing amazing things. Maybe an addiction you struggle with for all of your life. When you came to Christ, it was just broken, right? We hear stories like that. Or, or maybe when you came to Christ, maybe your financial situation turned around. You couldn't explain it. The only thing you could do is sit back and think, wow, it's God that did this. But as years have gone by and you look at your life, you're kind of stagnant now. You're kind of in this position where you're asking yourself the question, was that really all that this thing was about? This is as far as I can go. Does my life get any better than this. For the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about this because I believe that God desires not just for you to be forgiven and have hope. I believe that God just doesn't want to secure your eternity in heaven, but I believe that God wants you to have a successful, fruitful, great, good life here on earth, that your relationships should flourish, your relationships should be good, your financial status should be good, that your physical well being should be good. And I believe there's a pathway. I believe God has given us a pathway, things that we can do, not to earn God's good things in our lives, but to position ourselves for them. So I want to kick off the conversation for this series um, by talking about something, and uh, I, I just, again, my encouragement to all of us is that we'd open our minds and our hearts and let God speak to us. Today I want to talk about taking responsibility, taking responsibility, and I feel like this is huge because I really believe that this is the foundational thing for having God's best, the life When you think about if my life could be like this, then I would be happy. If I could just get these things operating, the life that you dream of, the life that really God dreams for you, everything hinges on this idea of taking responsibility. When I turned 18, I remember things really changed for me because uh, in life you kind of have like these goal ages, like I want to be 16 so that I can drive a car, and then I want to be 18. The reason I wanted to be 18 because everybody told me when you turn 18, now you're an adult, And when you're an adult, my thinking, man, that means you get to make your own decisions. You get to be your own man. You get to do the things that you want to do. So I can remember the day I turned 18 thinking everything was going to change for me. And I woke up and everything was the same because I had some problems. I was 18 and I was still in high school. I didn't have a job and I lived in my parents' house. And when you live in your parents' house, you probably heard things like, my house, my rules, right? And I I get it. I, I understand. But I remember this was a big frustration for me. Because I thought when I turned 18, man I was going to be able to be an adult. This is what the world had told me. When you 're 18, now you're grown, you're, you're an adult, so if I'm going to be an adult, I should be able to make my own adult decisions. I remember it didn't work out that way, and I still lived in my parents' home, so I abide by all these rules, and, and I, I kind of internalized all that. Rather than having a conversation or trying to, to understand what was going on, I just internalized it all, and I became kind of bitter. If I'm honest, I lashed out, I acted out, and my parents probably didn't know what was going on, but it was all kind of hinging on this idea that I thought that when I turned 18, my life was going to be different, and it was very much the same. I can remember as I graduated high school, the whole plan all along had been for me to to move away to the Midwest to go to college, and so... Uh, when that kind of happened, I thought, well, this is going to be, you know, my moment. This is going to be my moment to finally make my own decisions. And so when I moved away to college, that's exactly what I did. But I didn't make decisions uh, to, in order to better my life. I didn't make decisions and go against the grain just so that I could say, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not gonna do this so that I can get ahead and be everything that I want to be. That wasn't the reason that I was making my decisions. If I'm real honest with you, I'd make decisions. Whatever you wanted me to do, I was bent on doing the opposite. So I made these decisions in my life, and all of a sudden, my life kind of had this dy- downward spiral. Things began to get worse and worse, and what happened was, because of my decisions, I actually lost relationship with my parents. We lost relationship, and with the loss of that relationship, we weren't talking, we weren't communicating. I also lost a lot of the financial support that I kind of relied on to get through college, Since I didn't have the financial support, I was working a part-time job. I was barely getting a couple hours. I worked at a a local Starbucks. I was barely getting a few hours, and so I wasn't able to buy food. I can remember very distinctly going to the discount grocery store and buying a box of saltine crackers and a jar of peanut butter, and that's what I would live off for a whole week. I can remember not having cups at the place that I lived, so I would go through Taco Bell drive-thru and order a cup of water so that I could have a cup for the week. I ended up dropping out of college I moved in with a friend of mine, and I slept on his couch in his cockroach-infested apartment where he had uh, dog feces just littered all over the floor because he wouldn't take his dog out. And I remember this, this one night, my friends were over, my, my uh, roommates had some friends over, and it was a stormy night, and they're all sitting outside. I can almost visualize it even as I'm telling this story. And I'm, I'm sitting in this room kind of off to the side, they're out on the balcony, and the, lightning they're watching the whole thing just smoking cigarettes enjoying life and i'm sitting there and i can remember nothing was lighting the room but a but a computer monitor off in the corner i remember tears rolling down my cheeks being frustrated asking myself the question how did i get here how did i get to this position and i love to tell you that i was able to blame my parents Man, if they would have done this better, if they wouldn't have done that, if they would allow me to make my own decisions, then maybe I wouldn't be in this position. i love to tell you that I could blame my friends, my relationships, man, if it wasn't for these people that encouraged me to follow my heart and dream my dreams and do the things that I want to do because I'm my own individual now. i love to tell you that I could point my finger at God like I tried to do. And God, if you're really God and you really care about me, how come I'm in this position? No food to eat. Looking at looking, my, my living conditions, but in that moment, if I'm really, really honest. I had no one to blame. I had no one to blame myself. When I came face to face with the bitter reality that the reason I was in the situation I was in was because of me. You ever had these moments in life where you get to the end of the road and maybe you've tried all day long to point fingers and try to understand why I'm in the situation that I'm in. But at the end of the day, if we're bold enough, if we have enough courage to look our face in the mirror, do you ever have to admit that the reason you're in the position that you're in today is because of you? I believe if we desire a great, great life, I believe if we desire the life ultimately that God has designed for us. I believe step number one, the foundational step is this that we have to take responsibility. We have to take responsibility. And I want to say it. One step bolder, and when I say it, I want to warn you because immediately your mind's going to fire off a bunch of different thoughts about why this cannot be true, but I want to say it bolder. If we desire a great, great life, if we desire our relationships and our physical well-being and our finances to get better, if we desire the life that God has for us, I believe we don't just have to take responsibility. I believe we have to be willing to take all responsibility for where we're at in life. I know immediately start thinking, yeah, but you don't know what they've done. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the family that I grew up in. You don't know the abuse that I went through as a child. You don't know the job that I worked for 20 years that I got fired from, and now I don't have any way to make an income. You don't know my situation. It was out of my control, and I'm not for a second saying that you need to take responsibility for the things that are outside of your control, the things, that, times that you were abused and take advantage of, but I am saying, I am saying we do. If we want a great life, we want the life that God has for us, we have to take all responsibility for where we're at today. For where we're at today. Because here's, here's the fact of the matter today. Uh, while you cannot control, you cannot control everything that happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. You cannot control everything that happens to you in life. There's going to be things that happen that are unfair and they're unjust, but you can't control how you will respond to those things that happen in your life. They ruined my life. Yep. Yeah, they ruined your life. So you can stay there. You can stay in this place. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for them, if, if they just wouldn't have been around, my life it would be better. They ruined my life. So you can stay there or you can choose. You can choose to build a new life. You could choose to move forward. Because there's something that God has given to humanity. It's a power. You have powers today. God has given you a power, and it's the same power that He gave to the very first of mankind. And it's this power. You have the power to choose, you have the power. Of choice. This is what got you up and out of bed to come to church this morning because you made a choice that I need some help and I need some hope in my life so I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to church. It was your choice that led you to place your faith in Christ that I don't have to be broken anymore, that I can have hope for now and hope for my eternity. Why? Because God gave you something very, very special and it was a power and it was your power to choose and you possess that power today. You have the choice to stay where you are or you have the choice to move away from where you are. Here's your real real big choice. You have the choice to be a victim or to be a victor. In your life, you have the choice that either you're going to be a victim, and we all have the right, right, to be a victim because of all of the things that have happened to us that are unjust. But here's what a victim is. A victim is a slave to circumstance. A victim is a slave to circumstance. And in your life, I don't want you to ever think that you are powerless. It doesn't matter what people have done or said or the family that you were raised in. You have the power. You have the choice through Jesus Christ to make the decision that I will either be a victim because of my circumstance or I will be a victor because of the greater one that lives on the inside of me. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it dwells on the inside of you. And it enables you to live a life above circumstance. But in order to make choices, in order to choose to be the victor, we take responsibility. When I would deny, when I deny responsibility, though, I forfeit my power. When I choose to make excuses, right? when I choose to neglect and avoid responsibility, I actually forfeit my power. I'm stuck. Maybe you know what this is like. Today, I want to kind of wrap up our conversation by talking about three things. I believe this is so foundational. If we desire a good life, if we desire a good life, the life that God has for us, that we come to terms with these three things. Accepting responsibility, accepting all responsibility for where we're at is the important thing. Why do we not? Because it's easier to neglect. Why is it easier to neglect? I believe it's easier to neglect responsibility because it's easier to blame. It's easier to blame. It's easier to look at the things around us, the situations that we've been through and say that I'm like this because of that. Maybe for you, it was a job loss. Maybe you worked for a company for 20 years and they unjustly fired you and because the way things were set up, you're not able to, uh, to collect Social Security. Maybe for you, there's no hope of a retirement. So you choose to stay in this position because, man, my life is over. I'm stuck here. And why am I stuck here? I'm stuck here because... Maybe for you, maybe it's a, a relational loss. huh? Maybe for you, you you're in a relationship with somebody and you say things like, we had, we're building a life together. We had kids together. Our kids were growing up and things were good. So that one person came along and got between us and now my life is over. Now I'm a victim because. Maybe for you, it was a physical loss. Maybe you're somebody who served in the local church You and your spouse, you devoted your life to serving and living the Christian life. Maybe you did things like go and and go make hospital visits and pray for sick people and release your faith that God was going to heal them. But your spouse, your spouse is diagnosed with a deadly disease and passed away. And because of that loss, because of that loss, you feel like you can't go on. Because of that loss, you're stuck right here and you feel like you can never get ahead because. It's amazing to me the resilience of humanity. You look at stories of people who have lost jobs and you have two different outcomes. You have people who have maybe been in a line of work for 30 years. They lose their job and because of, because of the boldness within them and the courage within them, The very next week, they land a new job and they just keep moving. They refuse to be held captive by the situation. Then you have people that lose that job and they're stuck for the rest of their lives. You've experienced, you've come in contact with people like this. You have people that have lost loved ones, whether it be a mother or a son or a brother or a sister, when that person passes on, it's like their lives are stuck because they can't get past. And even if they could, they wouldn't want to because they think it would somehow discredit the life they have with the person that they've lost. And then you have others. You have others that are able to press on and and see the beauty in the life that still exists. And to say that my life didn't end when that person went on In fact, the way that I honor that person's life is to keep on living And you see their kids flourishing And you see them having new relationships that flourish I've seen this in my own life I've seen this in my own family I, I lost a, an uncle to leukemia several years ago And, and when, when he passed away, his wife his wife, It was such a hard time for all, all of our family but even his wife was able to, she's like, I got to pick up the pieces. She's still a mom and she's still a kid. And he, the fact that I'm here, God still has life for us. And she was able to push on and keep living on purpose. And she met another guy, a guy who had lost his wife to cancer. And God was able through the midst of even in their pain, because they were willing to move past the situation that they were in. Now they have a beautiful family and it doesn't discredit the life of my uncle. It actually makes it better because they're able to celebrate it and talk about it and talk about the great, great things, because this is the greatness of our God. That we can move past dark, dark situations. This is why my grandmother, who's sitting here in Clovis, is my personal hero. Because in my life, there's things that we've experienced as a family. With my grandfather, he's experienced a stroke and things change. He's still alive, he's still here, but things are different. And she has been my hero because she pulls up to the plate and she says, even though things are different, I will not doubt my God. That we may not be able to have the life that we once had, but we're going to have a new life. And life's going to be good. And we're going to trust God because our God is greater than our situation. I don't know what you're facing today, but refuse to give in to the blame game because here's the, here's the problem with blaming. We can blame our situations all day long, but blaming doesn't solve the problem. Blaming doesn't solve the problem. You know what it does? It paralyzes you. It makes you stuck. It makes you think there's no way out. It makes you diminish the greatness of your God because you think God is not even great enough to get me out of this situation. But be encouraged today because he is. You serve a great, great God who is greater than your situation. Refuse to be stuck. Refuse to be stuck because you're willing to blame because blaming doesn't solve the problem. That God says it a lot bolder than I'm even saying it this morning. Look at this scripture. I think it's kind of funny. Remember, God says this, not me. He says, you may think that you can condemn or blame such people, but you're just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and they should be punished, you're condemning yourself actually. For you who judge or blame others do the very same things. What is it saying? It's saying we have no right to blame people in life because haven't you done things in life that other people could blame you for? Right? Right? and we see it through that lens, we understand that there has to be a greater way. A lot of times I think we neglect responsibility, neglect taking responsibility because it's easier to blame. Second thing I think it's easier to do is I think it's easier to maintain. Maybe in your life, you've, you're in this position. Maybe you just feel kind of stuck or maybe you've just come to terms with, you know, this is just how life is, this is what you do. You get up, you go to work, come home, you repeat, same thing. And this is the way that it's gonna be. And you know what, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I can survive, but God did not create you to survive. God did not create you just to go through the system and live day in and day out and maintain your life. God has created you to have a progressive, ever-changing, growing life. This is built into the psychology of humanity. This desire for more. None of us, when we're, when we're children, uh, even for, for parents, you see this. You see your kids and they're born, and then what do you want them to do? You want them to go from being born to being able to crawl, to being able to walk, to being able to eat on their own, to be able to speak and communicate. Why? So they can one day get up and they can go to school and they can build their education so that one day they can have a job that will get them to a better job, so they can get pay increases. 25 cents here, another 50 cents there. Why? So that ultimately they can get to a space in their life where they can retire. Why? So that they can travel the world. Where are they going to go? They're going to go here and they're going to go there. Built into our psychology, is this desire for more. We think we don't like change, but actually we love change. We crave change. The times in life that you're most frustrated are the times that you feel stuck. The times that everything is the same. Why? Because God has not created you just to maintain. God has created you to take, why does the Bible say rejoice for the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord? What does that sound like? It sounds like action, like motion, like moving, like moving towards what's next. God has not called you to maintain. You hear this a lot in the Christian world. People saying things like, well, I'm just waiting on God. Just waiting on God to do what only he can do. Just waiting on the Lord. What do you even do? Just waiting on God. Just waiting on God to come through. And you know, Old Testament, when you read the Old Testament of the Bible, we were waiting on God. We had to wait on God to show up and, and do his miraculous. But the New Testament... The Bible says that it's built on even greater promises. And when Jesus Christ hung on a cross 2,000 years ago, he uttered three words that changed everything. He said, it is finished. In other words, everything that you have need of in this life, it's already done. You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you to make a move, to take steps, to push forward to the life that he has for you. You're not waiting on God. God is waiting to make sure your steps. Sometimes it's easier. It's easier for us to say that we're waiting on God. Why? Because it's easier to maintain easier to maintain i want to encourage you today to make bold moves to take bold steps to dream the dreams that god has placed into your heart to not be captive by fear the fear that our culture and society wants to put in you why because because the bible says this in philippians 4 13 it says i can do all things this is to you i can do all things through christ who gives me strength why is christ giving you strength to do all things, to do something that sounds like action. What I'm telling you today is you have power and strength working on the inside of you that God is waiting on you to make bold moves and to take steps into the future that you desire. Taking all responsibility. Sometimes it's easier to neglect responsibility because it's easier to blame. It's easier to maintain. And here's the last one. It's easier to complain. It's easier to complain. A story in the Bible about... um, God's people, and uh, God's people at this time were slaves. They're referred to as the children of Israel, and uh, they've been slaves for just thousands of years, and um, God had a plan, though, as God always has a plan for his his people when they're in trouble, and so he sent this guy named Moses, and uh, the plan was that Moses would go before the slave owner, and he would command them in the name of God to release all of the slaves, that God is saying, let my people go. And so as Moses grew, he got to the place his life where this is going to happen, and he goes before the pharaoh, and he says, the, the slave owner, and he says, I'm here on behalf of God, and I command you to let God's people go. And the pharaoh's like, who do you think that you are? I'm not letting these slaves go. No. And so every time he would say no, what would happen is there would be a, a plague that came a, across the land. So there was all kinds of crazy things. There was frogs. So the frogs would take over the land. Like literally everywhere you walked, there was just there was a frog right there. There's, 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 uh, he would come and he'd say, let my people go. And he'd say, no, and all the, all the water in the land would turn, the bl- turn to blood. The, it's a story that's in the Bible. And finally, Pharaoh got so frustrated with Moses coming and all of these horrible things happening to the people that lived in the land that he was in that he finally said, okay, take them. Get them out. They can be free, just whatever, just to stop this madness. So he releases all of God's people. And God has set them free from slavery. But God didn't just set them free from slavery. The Bible says that He had set them free from slavery to take them to a new land, a better land. The Bible calls it the promised land. Also describes it as the land of milk and honey. In other words, everything that they have need of, had needed of, needed of in their life, the things that they needed, they would have in this land. So as they're released and they're freed, Moses begins to lead them. And he's like, okay, we're going to travel. And they had to travel from this place of Egypt to their promised land. And so they begin on this journey. It's a pretty crazy story. You should read it. In the, uh, Pharaoh's, Pharaoh changes his mind, sends people after him. God ends up knocking all these people out. So they're on this journey, right, to the promised land. If you study it out, you find out that the distance between Egypt, where they were at, and the land that God had planned for them was only about an 11-day journey. This is about 600,000 people, so maybe a few days more than that, but about an 11 day journey. But in order to get there, they had to go through a desert. And here were these people that had been set free by God people that were slaves. They used to be beat and killed if they didn't obey their slave masters. They were set free by God, set free from this bondage to be led into a land that God had for them. You know what happened as they began to journey into that desert? They begin to complain because the desert was hot and they didn't have enough food. And you know what God, God even sent down food from heaven. He sent down this bread called manna from heaven, but then they got frustrated because they were tired of eating the same thing every day. God had delivered them from slavery, but they were frustrated in the desert. Do you ever look at your life and you look back at the things that God has freed you from? The bitterness and the darkness and the hopelessness and the unforgiveness, the feelings of being unlovable, the things that God has delivered you from that you celebrated in your life, but do you ever find yourself frustrated in the situation of the desert that you're in? What's interesting is that this journey that only should have taken them about 11 days, you know how long it took them? 40 years, 40 years. Sometimes I think in our life, we look at where God wants us to be and the progression that God has for us but so often of the time don't you feel stuck in the desert frustrated here's another one I want to ask the question have you ever found yourself complaining about something you were once thankful for have you ever found yourself complaining about something you were once thankful for I don't know what it looks like for you Maybe practically speaking maybe it's spouse right you really wanted to be married one day right and you finally met that one and even when they had stinky breath, you're like, kiss me anyway because you're my boo. Right? You could overlook the little character flaws. Why? Because you love him so, so much. I love you so much. I love you so much. Soulmates. But now, 20 years has gone by. And now you nag and you complain. You're frustrated every day because he won't pick up his things. Yet you saw his car before you were married. You know you married a slob way before you ever did, right? <laughs> The thing that you once celebrated, you were so thankful to God for. Oh, I finally found the one. Now I complain every day and I nag and I'm frustrated and I can't stop. And I look at my life and it's not what I want it to be. I'm stuck in a desert. Maybe for you, it's different. Maybe for you, you were somebody who couldn't conceive children. And so you went from doctor to doctor, physician to physician, and nobody could help you, you actually had procedure after procedure, and you couldn't bear children, and so you dug deep into the word of God and saw God's promise that you should be fruitful and multiply, so you came before God and the leaders of the church, and you went to any and every church service that you could, and fi- finally, by some miracle, you conceived a child and you celebrate, wow, this is, this is like the promised child, God, you have enabled me to have this dream that I've always wanted of being a parent, but now they're 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're not living the life that you want them to live. Now you're frustrated, huh? and you've rejected them, and you've lost relationship with them, and you're complaining, and you're frustrated, and it wasn't supposed to be this way. You're frustrated in a desert. Maybe for you, I look back on your record, and you, nobody would hire you because of things that happened in your past. So God put in your heart that you would start a business, and you started a business, and that business flourished. You began to grow, and, and now you have... Employees, but your employees have character flaws and you're frustrated with them. And so you find yourself every day coming home just complaining about your employees. Years ago, you would have given anything to have anybody want to do anything with you. But now, now that you're here, you're frustrated in the desert. Maybe for you, what about the first time you came to church? Maybe this church. Maybe you said things like, this church saved my life. This church saved my marriage. This church saved my kids. I would have given anything to serve and to sacrifice and to be involved. But now that some time has passed, I not think I'm just made of money. I don't think I need to serve all the time. I just don't like the way things are going. I'm not really feeling it anymore. I don't like the way things are progressing. We're too big now. We don't have that community feel anymore. And, and rather than stepping up to the plate and being a part of the solution, we complain because things aren't the way I want them to be. God delivered you from slavery, but you're frustrated in the desert. this is a picture of all of us if I was to ask you to raise your hand if you find yourself in this condition every single hand in this auditorium would be raised because this is the human condition rather than to take responsibility to start on a foundation of a journey with God into the land that he has promised us it's human nature to get stuck God is better God is better for you. God is better for your family. is better for your marriage and your kids and your job and your relationships. God is better. God is better. I want to make the statement. I want you to think about it. I think it can help us today. Sometimes, sometimes the only reason you're stuck in the space that you're in is because you've chosen not to leave the space that you're in. I don't know what this looks like for you because we can get stuck at so many places in our life, can't we? We can be a new believer, new in faith to Christ and man thing, how do I get this thing working? I don't know. You could be somebody who's been serving in the local church for 20 or 30 years and still find yourself in the same place. Why? Because in order to have the life that God wants for us, it starts with waking up every day and saying, I'm going to take responsibility for the space that I'm in today, and if I don't like it, guess what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to take steps. I'm going to choose to trust my God above circumstance. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to be a victor, because Jesus, the greater one, lives on the inside of me, so I don't have to be afraid. I can move forward, and I can be everything God has designed me to be in your life. You are not powerless. I know it's hard. I know it's unfair. I know it shouldn't have happened. I know we can't explain it, but you are not powerless. You have a choice today. A choice to be a victim. Or a choice through Jesus to be a victor. Would you close your eyes with me just all across this out of time? I just want us to take a moment, just a quick second. Just between you and God, we all need to do it. I need, I need to do this. We all need to do this. Just to take a second to say, God, I choose, I make the choice to take responsibility, to take the bold, brave step, to say, God, I I won't blame anymore. I won't blame anymore. God, I won't maintain anymore. God, I won't complain anymore. I won't allow a journey that was only supposed to take 11 days to take 40 years. Gotta make a decision today. Right now, just under your breath between you and God, will you just kind of, just whatever you need to say to God, whatever campus you're at, will you just tell him? You just tell him right now, just, just under your breath, God, God, I choose to take responsibility today. I believe you have a great life for me. Choose to take responsibility for the person that's new in Christ, for the person who's a business owner, who's been involved in the church for 12, 15 years. Man, you've been in this game for a long time. Can you, between you and God, say, God, God, show me the next step. God, for those of us that are we want to change but we don't know how God we ask that you would show us the next step we ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help us not to blame that you would help us not to maintain God that you would help us not to complain that you would show us the steps that you have placed before us that we are not powerless the greater one lives on the inside of us This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.